Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello everyone, Charles Watts here. Welcome to another edition of Inside Arsenal. It is Wednesday. We are now, I think, unless I am mistaken, which quite possibly could be the case, but I think that is the international break done and dusted. And I think, fingers crossed, everyone is going to be coming back to Arsenal injury-free. We have not heard anything from any of the Arsenal players who have been away that they might well have suffered an injury which, I mean, from Mikel Arteta's point of view and from Arsenal's point of view, is all you really want in the international break. Yes, you want your players to go away and do well and win games and qualify for tournaments, and we will talk about that a little bit later on in this episode. But first and foremost, from an Arsenal perspective, these breaks, these fortnights are all about everyone coming back safe and sound. And it feels like, unless something's happened that we've not heard about yet, that everyone has done that. So that is fantastic news, especially with such a big, big game coming up against Chelsea on Saturday. So we talk about all that sort of stuff today. I'm going to focus on the kind of midfield decision Mikel Arteta's got to make ahead of this game against Chelsea at Stamford Bridge, which I think is going to be really, really crucial to how potentially the game pans out. We'll look at what happened last night in the internationals, do a bit of a roundup. And of course, we've got some questions and comments from you guys at the end. So let's switch our attentions now, shall we, to Chelsea on Saturday and what a big, big game we have coming up. And I want to talk about the midfield because I think this is such a key thing. I think it's probably going to be the big thing that Mikel Arteta has got to decide on. Now, we don't know in terms of the fitness of, say, Bukayo Saki yet. We'll find out a little bit more, I think, maybe as we get towards the weekend in terms of Saka's fitness. But in terms of the midfield, what Mikel Arteta is going to do in this game, I think is going to be really, really important. Now, you go back to Manchester City before the international break, and Arteta made quite a big call in that game. In, he left Kai Havertz out, so he didn't go with the left. You know, when we've seen Havertz left out before, Vieira's come in and played as the left eight. Mikel made a big change this time. He didn't do that. He went with two of the more established sixes, shall we say, and played Declan Rice 
just in a more advanced role, so not as a six, more as that eighth to be as an eight to beef up that midfield options. And I think it's really, really intriguing thinking about what Mikel is going to do today. I mean, on Saturday, sorry, in that midfield, you know, will he stick with what he did against Manchester City, or will he go with a slightly more attacking option and player Havertz and Vieira? I think we'll, we'll wait and see. Thomas Partey is going to be. That's going to be a big decision. Basically, it's for me anyway. What I'm thinking in this game, I think you stick with what you did against Manchester City. I know Chelsea have, you know, been a bit hit and miss so far this season. They have picked up results before the international break, got a couple of wins, so the confidence is going to be a, is going to be higher than it was at the start of the season. But going to Stamford Bridge is not easy. It doesn't matter what sort of form Chelsea are in; it's never an easy game. Um, and it feels to me like one of those games where you want a little bit more control and physicality in the midfield. And so, you know, I wouldn't be playing Havertz. I wouldn't be playing Vieira. I'd be playing one of Jorginho or Party as the six with Declan Rice again playing in that more advanced tight role that we saw against Manchester City. Now, a lot's going to depend on Thomas Party's fitness. He played last night again for Ghana over in the States and lost. Um, uh, they lost over in the States. He played about, I think it was just over an hour. He played, no, he played 45 minutes in their first game. Um over against Mexico, and that was pre-arranged. It was always going to be 45 minutes. He stepped that up a little bit yesterday by getting 60-odd minutes in that game against the USA. Now he's got to fly home. He'll be arriving back, I would imagine, today. And Arsenal will certainly assess him and everyone else who's been away on international duty, and then they'll make a decision. If Thomas Partey is fit and deemed you know, healthy enough to play and no real worry, despite having only just come back from the injury and despite getting these minutes for Ghana, then for me, Thomas Partey plays. I think you play Thomas Partey, don't you, against um, against Chelsea. If he doesn't, then I have no problem with Jorginho coming in. I think you play Jorginho. It's as simple as that. And you have Declan Rice playing in the role he played against City. So you basically just have the same midfield that you have against City. But again, for me, if Thomas Partey's deemed fit enough to play and there's no concerns and there's no worries that, about this tiredness and it's going to cause any sort of issue or anything like that, then you play Thomas Partey. Such an important player for Arsenal. I've been looking forward all season, really, to seeing Thomas Partey and Declan Rice playing in midfield together. And you kind of look at this game and think this is the right game to do it. Away at Stamford Bridge, you have Partey holding, you have um, Declan playing alongside Martin Odegaard in that midfield. And that just looks really, really strong to me against a Chelsea midfield, which you think is going to impact um, include probably Caicedo, uh, Enzo, you know, some decent midfield players there. And you want to wrestle control of that midfield. I go back to Arsenal's win at Stamford Bridge last season and they got a lot of control in that game. They dominated that game and midfield was really, really crucial to that. It's going to be a very different game. Chelsea are a very different team this season to the one they uh, they were last season. You know, huge personnel changes. I think midfield is their strongest point, even if they haven't really properly hit the ground running yet. And Arsenal need to try and control that area of the pitch. So, I'd be going party and I'd be going Declan Rice for Odegaard. But if there's any doubt over Thomas Party, if he's come back, if he feels a little bit tired, if he says his thigh's feeling a bit tight or anything like that, and the physios have made that known, then no need to risk him. I've got no issue with Jorginho starting this game as well. But it's just for me, it doesn't feel like a game where you start Havertz or Vieira in that left eight role. I think you go a little bit stronger than that. But let me know what you guys think, of course, by leaving a comment below. Okay, turning attention to Chelsea team news ahead of this game. Um, Nazar here from the Evening Standard, who friend of mine, been on this channel before, um, is reporting this morning that Reese James um, is a big, big doubt for Chelsea. I mean, he seems to be a doubt every single game that they play um, this season and last season. Reese James got such terrible record of injuries. Um, 
and he has been out for a while and he was hoping he was going to be back for the Chelsea game. It seems like he might not make it um, for this one. He's training alone, but uh, there's our reports in the Evening Standard. Um, Brozier as well is a bit of a doubt. Uh, Chukawomki, I can never pronounce that right. I really apologise. He's, uh, he's a doubt as well. With Brozier, it looks like That'll mean that Jackson will start up front for Chelsea. He's been a bit of a doubt. He's had some injury issues. I think he's had a bit of an operation during the, uh, during the international break, but it was only on his wrist. Um, and so I think he might be wearing a cast or something like that, but he will probably doubt. I like Jackson, I have to say. I think Jackson's a good player. Whenever I see him, he impresses me. He causes defences a lot of problems. He clearly has to work on his finishing a little bit, but he, he seems to have a lot of good attributes as a striker. Causes a bit of chaos up there. So I think Arsenal need to watch him. Um and it looks like he will he he will be starting, um, but yeah, Reese James. I mean, that'll be a big miss for Chelsea. You're not sure yet on Arsenal in terms of Saka. That's going to be the big one. Obviously, Martinelli's back, which is great news. So you think he certainly starts. I think Gabriel Jesus, providing he comes back fine from Brazil, then he starts up front, and then hopefully it'll be Bukayo Saka on the right. Like I said, I'd be going with Declan Rice and Odegaard as a sort of two eights, and then Thomas Partey as a holding midfielder, and then you know the back four if everyone's fit, which it seems like they are absolutely picks itself, which would be White, Saliba, Gabriel, Zinchenko. And then you would imagine it's going to be David Riot in goal. The referee for the game at the weekend, Chris Kavanagh, has been appointed in charge. Jared Gillett, or Gillet, I'm never sure how to pronounce his name, is the VAR. Not an official that I rate at all, whether that be on the pitch or in the VAR studio. So we'll wait and see what clangers he makes. <laughs> Hopefully none. But whenever I see Jared Gillet or Gillette, however you pronounce it, on um, on an Arsenal game, it always makes me shudder a little bit. Um, just not a very good referee, in my opinion. Uh, so, yeah, that's the referee's choice. And uh, just what a game. What a game it's going to be. So annoying that I'm not going to be there. I'm going to be in Germany, of course, over in Frankfurt, for speaking at the World Book Fair. But should be finished in time to find myself a pub to watch the game in. Sounds like from everyone who's been commenting on my videos and on my Twitter that O'Reilly's is the place to go and watch Arsenal on Saturday. So if you're in and around Frankfurt on Saturday, you're watching the game, pop into O'Reilly's. I'm going to be there by, I imagine, uh, probably having a drink all by myself. So come and join me and uh, make it a little bit more fun watching Arsenal. Hopefully make it four wins in a row in the Premier League at Stamford Bridge. What a run that will be when you think of all the troubles Arsenal have had at Stamford Bridge recently. They certainly seem to have got that one sort of off their back and hopefully they can continue their fine, fine form in West London on Saturday. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. 
burrow.com slash ACAST. Okay, let's quickly talk about the internationals, shall we? Big, big day for England or big night for England last night. Really good performance. I thought I really did enjoy that performance from England. I thought they were very, very good. Declan Rice played um, as they qualified, booked their qualification, booked their spot as group winners in the Euros. So they'll be heading to Germany in the uh, summer. I'm going to be talking about that during uh, my appearance at the Frankfurt Book Fair. So looking forward to talking about England's chances at Euros. And I thought they were very, very good last night. Jude Bellingham, what an unbelievable player. What a talent Jude Bellingham is. Just got that arrogance about him, but that arrogance that all the top, top players need. When he's just on the pitch, you can just you can just see so confident in his own ability and he's just driving teams on what he's doing at his age for, you know, on international stage and for Real Madrid. They're going into a club of the stature in Real Madrid and just adapting and basically being the main man there at such a young age. Just such an incredible, such an incredible talent. And um, yeah, brilliant performance from him last night from England. No Eddie Nketiah wasn't in the matchday squad left out by Gareth Southgate despite playing against Australia on Friday. And that means that Eddie could well still choose Ghana. That option is not totally ruled out now because he hasn't played a competitive game yet for England. Had he played last night at Come On, then that would have been it. It would have been committed to England. But Ghana, who are still hoping to change Eddie Nketiah's mind, um, that possibility is still open because he didn't play last night. Aaron Ram still didn't come on as well. But really big night for Declan Rice at Wembley. And for England, not such a good night for Brazil. Gabriel Jesus and Gabriel both started. I think they both played the full 90 minutes, actually, but they lost 2-0 at Uruguay. Difficult night for them. Um, Nunes, Liverpool striker, on target for Uruguay. Uh, so tough night for Brazil, but from an Arsenal perspective, again, seems like both have escaped any sort of injury, which is good news for them. Zinchenko, this this line made me laugh. Zinchenko's Ukraine winning 3-1, went behind at Malta, actually, but came back to win 3-1. Mudrik scored a really, really good goal in that game. It's his first goal for Ukraine. Um, finding a little bit of form now, Madrid, in terms of goal scoring. Scored his first goal for Chelsea before the international break. Now he scored his first goal for Ukraine. I think all Arsenal fans will be watching that on Saturday, thinking, oh, God, Sod's Law, he's going to score against Arsenal, given his links to Arsenal. But this line from Zinchenko after the game made me laugh. He told Madrid, if you score on Saturday, I'll rip your balls off. <laughs> very nice from your international captain. Nice warning for you. Obviously, the two of them very, very good friends over here. But they'll be the best of enemies, shall we say, at the weekend in that game. Uh, against between Chelsea and Arsenal. Elsewhere in internationals, I think Tommy Asu played the full 90 minutes um, as they beat Tunisia. Kai Havertz didn't come on as Germany drew 2-2 with Mexico, so no minutes for him. Uh, like I said, Thomas Partey played 64 minutes in that game as USA beat Ghana 4 Lovely goal from Flo Balogun in that game. Lovely little sort of turn and finish for him, continuing his good form this season, which is no surprise because he's a very, very good forward. I'm sure he'll have a very good season, both for internationally and for Monaco. Right, let's move on to some of your questions and comments, shall we? Here's one from uh, Charity6767. says, Charles, why is Arsenal not seriously considering Victor Osimhen? His press up front is razor sharp and literally one of the best in Europe. Is it the money or what? Why is Arsenal not after him at all costs? Well, I don't know if they're after him at all costs or not. To be honest, I know they've been interested in him in the past. I've spoken about that before. I've reported on that before. You know, they held talks with the agent about Osimhen in the same summer that they were looking at Gabriel Jesus and they signed Gabriel Jesus. I don't know whether Osimhen is top of their list for the summer. I don't know if he's on their list for the summer at this stage. If I, that changes, of course, I'll let you know. 
but I don't know at this point. But I don't, you know, I can't, I couldn't sit here and say right now that they're not seriously considering because I, ju- I just don't know. Um, see, there's a lot more talking about at the moment about uh, Ivan Tony. That's been more reported over here in the uh, in the UK press. But um, you know, I'm sure Victor Rossman is on. He's on the list of every top club. He must be because he's such a good striker and he's done such good things for Napoli. So um, I don't, you know, I'm not sure. I don't really have a response to this properly because I don't know if they are seriously considering him. And I don't know if, so I can't say that they're not after him at all costs. We're just going to have to wait and see. There's still plenty of time before the transfer window opens in January and in the summer. Whether Arsenal decide to do anything in January remains to be seen. Whether they will wait till the summer to do something, we'll have to wait and see. It's just a little bit too far ahead. And yeah, it's a, it's a tough one for me to really answer at this stage. Uh, here's one from uh, Crazy9060. Thanks for getting in touch. You say, hey, Charles, I noticed the Emirates was not selected for the Euros and some of the small stadiums were selected. I bet it's because of something with the in- infrastructure and tech inside the stadium being a little behind. My question is, is there any work going on in, the, in to be done in the near future? Because I would want to see the Emirates selected in the near future. Thanks. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. I think there is an issue with the Emirates in terms of how fans could be segregated which is why it's never really up for European finals and things like that. Um, but that's off the top of my head. I did have a quick search and I couldn't find the exact details, but I remember someone te- telling me or hearing before that a reason it's not up for you know these sort of big occasions is, maybe, is potentially how it can be segregated, keeping fans apart, that sort of thing. So you don't never see it going for the big European finals. It has, of course, held some international matches in the past. Like the Brazil played there a few times, didn't they? I remember I went there for Brazil versus uh, Argentina way back when, just after it opened. So there have been a couple of international games. Of course, there is also the thing of it's in North London. Wembley is Northish London. Tottenham is now North London, which is a fantastic stadium. And I think that's in the Euros as well. So I don't think you'd have three stadiums so close together, all picked for a major tournament. Um, so uh, I think that's obviously uh, an issue as well. But I've got a feeling, and I did try and check this out before I answered, so I'm sorry I didn't get the full uh, answer to it. But I think there's something about segregation, certainly why it's never really gone for the big European finals uh, when those ones are selected. Here's one from Lucas, again, replying to that uh, video I did a couple of days ago when, about Andre, the Arsenal, uh, sorry, the Brazilian midfielder who has been linked with Arsenal. And I said, if anyone is far more of an expert on him than I am, to please get in touch and let me know what sort of player he is. And here's one from Lucas who says he's Brazilian. And he says the Andre guy is already at Bruno Guimarães level. In a more organised league, he would be excellent. Already playing on the uh, Celestio, I can never pronounce that right as well, Brasilia, and he already had two years as a professional, huge personality on the ball, huge stamina, amazing player, seriously. So, and Morgan, you know, we had some yesterday, some guys getting in touch, said about what a good talent he is, and now here's another one from Lucas, saying what a good talent he is. So, it'll be, yeah, everything I've heard so far suggests he's a very, very good player. So, if Arsenal do move in and try and get there ahead of Liverpool, then certainly, you know, the signs from these comments are that he'd be a very, very good player. So we'll wait and see what happens with that. Uh, And before I go, and just a quick note as well, of course, myself and James Benj are sitting down a little bit later on today to record Inside Arsenal Extra Time. So that will be coming out later on today around sort of dinner time in the UK. So between sort of 5pm, 6pm, keep your eyes peeled for that. It'll come out on the channel, obviously, and also on podcast. Um, get your questions in. If you want some questions answered, a few of you already have done 
Uh, and if any more of you have got some questions to ask myself or James, then do get in touch at some point in the next couple of hours replying to this so that we can include some of them in the show. Uh, Gordon here asks, Hi Charles, recently if rumours have to believe Arsenal are interested in signing Yuri and Timber's brother from Feyenoord in the next window. It got me thinking if we've had brothers in the first 11 before. I remember we nearly had the Torres back in the day. We did nearly have the Torres back in the day. We are, are playing that game, but... Um, uh, against Barney, I think it was, wasn't it, in the pre-season, but wasn't allowed to complete his move to Arsenal. Um, you had the Compton brothers way back when, I think. You know, that's kind of in the 30s. Compton's obviously very good cricketers as well. Um, you had the Willock brothers, but they, I don't think they, they never played together in the first team. They all came sort of through, separated by a couple of years through the academy together, um, but they never played in the first team. So I'm not sure if they've had brothers. I'm sure some Arsenal real historians will be able to tell me, and if they can, then please do let us know. But... The ones I could think of were the Comptons, obviously, um, and yeah, the Willocks. But the Willocks, they definitely never played in the first team together. I think only Joe actually made his senior debut, um, despite sort of being the youngest of the three. So yeah, thank you for that one, Gordon. And thank you for everyone getting involved in today's show. Like I said, keep your eyes peeled inside Arsenal Extra Time. Myself and James Benj coming a little bit later on. If you want to get involved in that show, please do leave some comments. If you're watching this on YouTube, leave them below and I'll try and include a few of them in that. Until then, everyone, have a very good Wednesday. I'll be back soon. Have a good day. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.